What is up and welcome in to a uh, slightly disappointing edition of Post Loons. Uh, my name is Jeremy Rushing, breaking down Minnesota United's 2-2 draw at home against San Jose Earthquakes, a struggling San Jose side that came in uh, winless in their last seven. And of course, Minnesota United was unbeaten in their last six heading into that one. Um, and so you fully expect Minnesota United at home to do the job needed to get three points. It looked like they were going to do so after a uh, a goal from uh, Juan Chop Abila off a uh, rebounded penalty kick there uh, late in the match. But at the end, it was San Jose who gets the late equalizer ends 2-2. Two, two. Welcome into Post Loons. Like I said, my name is Jeremy Rushing. We are presented by our good friends over at Night Street Soccer and Coffee. We'll talk about them and more about the match here in a little bit. But if you are watching on the stream, whether it is on Twitter or it is on YouTube, please go ahead and drop a comment or a question or an overall thought on the match in the chat. I would love to respond to that over the course of the stream here. And also, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and give us that thumbs up. I would really, really appreciate it. Uh, this one was an eventful one. Definitely uh, entertaining. May not have been the best soccer product in the world by either team. Uh, but all in all, an entertaining 90 minutes bookended with uh, with some really uh, lackadaisical play from Minnesota United. And that's that's kind of where we will start here um, in these uh, pregame questions. So kind of just overall thoughts that I had coming into the match tonight. The first one was, could Minnesota United capitalize on both their own momentum and the lack of form San Jose had shown as of late? Uh, the answer to that in the early going was no. Right? An early goal. Um a bad turnover, which we'll get more more uh, you know on that here in a little bit, uh, but really just an overall slow start, and unfortunately it cost Minnesota United putting them on the back foot uh, right away there in the 15th minute. So unable to capitalize on that momentum that they had alongside the uh, lack of form from San Jose. So the answer to that first question was obviously no. Um, who plays right back if Roman Metner is unavailable, as he is currently getting his green card? Uh, the answer to that was obviously Yuka Raitala. Um, and then how much would we see the Euro returners and how much of an impact can, would they make? Well, as we just said, Raitala uh, started the match at right back. He was quickly pulled at halftime. Adrian Heath, not happy with what he saw from his side at halftime. So made, made some adjustments there at half. The team responded really well in the second half, which we will get to in a little bit. And then obviously we saw Jan Gregish come on late in the match as well. So as far as impact goes, I would, I would say not much from the Euro returners, but as they get kind of back integrated in the, into the squad, um, you know, if you're, if you're a guy like Robin Lode or Roman Metinari, you know, you guys get, you know, if they can get their green cards uh, and get back in, that's obviously going to help Minnesota United from a roster standpoint, but obviously help that product on the field as well. Again, if you are watching on YouTube, thumbs up on the stream, please, if you could, and also leave a question or comment in the chat for us to get to a little bit later on. All right, so let's get into my three things. The first one is quite obvious. This is a huge missed opportunity for Minnesota United. You're Again, you're on a great run coming into this match. San Jose, it's, it's not just they were on a bad run. This is not really a great San Jose team. I love Jackson Yule. Nothing against him personally, but this San Jose team is not good. Minnesota United is far and away the better team. And this is a match at home. 
you expect to come away with three points. And Kendra De St. Aubin, I was just watching a little bit of their post-game show on the broadcast, and she said, it may not seem like it now. At now, at this point, early July, two points lost may not seem like a huge deal. But when you get into the competitive, you know, when the how competitive this Western Conference looks like it's going to be down the stretch, especially with Minnesota United kind of right there in striking distance to get in that top four at this point, you need these points at the end of the season for your playoff positioning and potentially your just playoff life in general. Just because Minnesota United has played themselves back into playoff positioning does not mean at, by any means they're guaranteed a playoff spot, right? another bad stretch of form and you're back on the outside looking in and it's even that much tougher to claw your way back. They've already had to do it once. It's tough enough to do it once. You do not want to see this team get into a position where they have to do so again. So losing two points here looms large, could loom very large, I should say, um, as we get to the end of the end of the season. Um, like I said, played well late in the first half after a really, really poor start. Um, and that continued early in the second with some changes made at half. They created some more goal scoring chances that probably should have been finished. I mean, Adrian, he said it best this match after the match. He said this probably should have ended, you know, three or four goals from Minnesota United. You're talking three, one, four, one, four, two, something along those lines, because um, that's how they played in the second half. But one thing that hasn't been mentioned that I do want to mention is the way Minnesota United finished. And to me, it was very similar to the way they started. Lackadaisical, lazy defense led to that equalizer late on from, from San Jose. Too much space to operate. And it ends up in the back of the net and you end up with a 2-2 draw. So that is, that's kind of my overall thoughts on how the match played out. I thought the bookends were not great. And I thought the middle portion, at least late part of the first half into most of the second Minnesota United looked really good, but you have to put it together for a full 90. Even against a team like San Jose, you have to put it together for a full 90. And they did not do that tonight, and you see the result. A really disappointing 2-2 draw. Um, I'm not a big blame the refs guy. And I'm not even going to say we're blaming the refs in this situation. I'm not, a, I'm not a big bash the refs guy in general. But I thought this was a really poorly officiated match overall. There were so many missed foul calls particularly in Minnesota's attacking third and just inconsistencies across the board. You could tell both clubs, both managers, both sides were extremely frustrated with the officiating tonight. Um, and I think that really tells you that it was just not a, not a great night for the refs tonight. Uh, and then finally, um, if you missed it after the match, if you just kind of turned your TV off, uh, there was a little bit of good news to end the, the night on for Minnesota United, uh, as we need to send our big congrats to Hassani Dotson. After the match, uh, the defensive midfielder proposed on the field to his girlfriend. She said yes. Bold move, right? Doing that in front of 19,000 people on the Jumbotron. It's really tacky if a fan does it, right? I, I'm sorry if you have proposed to somebody at a sporting event on the Jumbotron. I apologize that I'm going to say this, but it is really tacky to do that as a fan. But if you're a player and you have the access to get onto the field and do it in front of all your fans, then I, I'm cool with that. It's a bold move, but I'm very cool with it. And uh, I'm glad uh, I'm glad she said yes. And uh, congratulations to the happy couple. 
Um, so those are my three things. Um, any big uh, observations, thoughts, questions, comments from you guys, uh, I would really like to get to. Um, Dave Alinsky says, uh, not the results I would like. Yes, same, agreed. Uh, MNUFC11 says, Abilo shows flashes of greatness, but always takes too many touches. Disappointed in him tonight. Yeah, I thought he could have been better when you talk about Minnesota United, um, you know, probably having should have had three or four goals tonight, right? Um, you know, Abilo was really a focal point in that offensive attack after he came on the field. Plenty of chances for him. I feel like as kind of that striker and, and kind of the way he was advertised coming in, right? Um, you would like to see him tuck away more of those chances. Absolutely. Um, Dave Alinsky says, sometimes when you don't finish, this is what happens. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not to the level that we saw early in the season. We were talking about 22 shots and three on goal, right? But there were missed opportunities in the second half for sure. Uh, Adrian Heath echoed it. And I think it was, it was fairly obvious. Um, and then our good friend, Sam Pfeiffer from pot on you loons says, congrats, Hassani, uh, agreed again. If you're just joining us, Hassani Dotson did, did get engaged, proposed on the field after the match. So very, very good for him. Um, if you have any questions or comments as we get into the game notes here, feel free to drop those in the chat, and I would love to uh, read those on the air. But before we get into the game notes, let's go ahead and talk about our good friends over at Night Street Soccer and Coffee. Love the people over at Night Street. Um, Derek, is uh, he's become a really good friend of mine and a really good friend of what we're doing here at 10,000 Pitches with Post Loons, with some of the other stuff we have going on, like the podcast. Um it's just an awesome group of guys over there. And that's really one thing uh, that it's tough to see on the surface, but there are really, really good people behind this thing that are, that are trying to get this thing off the ground and help make this thing work. So if you want to help good people do good things, uh, support our friends over at night street soccer and coffee, especially if you want to get out and play some soccer in a pickup fashion, you can play unlimited monthly pickup at Night Street Soccer and Coffee. As you can see here, three nighttime spots, two daytime spots. Every now and then they do like a late night, 9 p.m. Uh, pickup on a Tuesday or Thursday. So you're talking like six, seven time slots per week, 25 plus slots per month to play pickup. You can do it for $5 a pop if you want, or if you think you're going to get out there and do it a lot, you can do the $35 unlimited pickup membership. Just go to nightstreetmpls.com to learn more about that. But again, if you want to get out during your lunch break, for example, if you live close to Night Street Soccer and Coffee, if you work close to Night Street Soccer and Coffee, if you don't know where Night Street Soccer and Coffee is, 801 South Night Street in Minneapolis. So if you work downtown, you work in the North Loop, you're close by. If you work in Northeast, you're close by. If you work in Dinkytown or close to the U of N, you're, you're close by. It's a very conveniently located place. So uh, there's a lot of different places you can be in or around the Twin Cities, whether you work, live, hang out in those areas. Um, Ninth Street's close by, and it's a great place to hang out and uh, play some pickup soccer. And very, very soon, it'll be a great place for you to grab a cup of coffee as well. That coffee shop's coming very, very soon. So NinthStreetMPLS.com, as you can see, it's N-I-N-T-H, the full word street, MPLS.com. Um, also, Minnesota United watch parties for periodic uh, select road matches throughout the season. The next one is going to be uh, Wednesday night, 7th Wednesday, right? Yeah, Wednesday night, July 7th for the road match at Colorado, 8 p.m. starts. Um, so maybe get on out there early. They always have great food trucks there. So follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Ninth Street MPLS. 
but you can also RSVP if you'd like to the Minnesota United Watch Party on their Facebook page. It's kind of a courtesy thing. You can walk up if you want, but you know, just to keep numbers down and 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 make sure they have a head count and things like that. They do want you uh, to RSVP if you could on their Facebook page. Just look up Night Street Soccer and Coffee on Facebook. Um, that's happening Wednesday night. Unlimited pickup, thirty-five bucks, five dollars for any pickup session. You can see all the many sessions they have available. And again, one more time, the website, NinthStreetMPLS.com. Uh, love the guys over at Ninth Street and very, very grateful for their support of 10,000 Pitches. Uh, Sam says, do we need more Avila and why aren't you watching the Bucks? Um, let's get a score update on the Bucks while we're doing this. Sorry, this is really bad live streaming here, but I want to see, because our good buddy, uh, not only is Sam a Bucks fan, but our good buddy Grant from the Dummy Run podcast is also a Bucks fan. That's why he hasn't been able to join me on Post Loons for a while because these Minnesota United matches keep falling on the same night as Bucks games. 102.89 Bucks with 6.58 left in the fourth. Again, if they win, they advance to the NBA Finals. Uh, no Giannis tonight for them. So um, I think I chased a few people off with the Bucks talk. Apologize. That'll be it for that. But uh, yeah, not watching the Bucks, Sam, because I got to watch Minnesota United. This is not a Bucks uh, post game live stream, just so you know. But I appreciate you tuning in while you're sweating out the end of this Bucks game. I really, really do. Um, again, does I guess it doesn't have to be loons related. I will answer any question about anything. So go ahead and hit us up whether you're watching on Twitter or YouTube. Uh, but before, uh, let's go into these uh, game notes here. Actually, a few uh, just kind of going minute by minute throughout the match. Some of the more uh, notable things that happened. Um, second minute, kind of an interesting start. A little, uh, hey, how are you? From uh, Hassani Dotson to Minnesota's own Jackson Yule there. Uh, some contact made uh, that caused Yule to get attended to on the sideline. So a little welcome back to Minnesota there. Uh, and then the 15th minute, that was the initial goal for San Jose. Uh, just and, and we're going to talk in depth about this here. Um, just a really bad turnover from normally uh, uh, an individual who is so solid on the back line in Bakai Debasi, right? He is somebody you can really count on to be that that cornerstone, that that sl- solid figure on the back line. So it was very rare to see this kind of mistake from him. But this kind of underlined the the way Minnesota United came out of the blocks. Very lax, too comfortable. It's okay to be comfortable. But you don't want to be too comfortable, especially against a team that's struggling. You want to get on the front foot, and you want to put that match away right away. But instead, you come out lax, you come out slow, and you see what happens. This is MLS. This is Major League Soccer. These are professional soccer players. It doesn't matter who you're playing, except maybe the Chicago Fire. But whoever else you're playing, it doesn't matter. You need to come out. And if you're the better team, you need to solidify that right away. This is I I, I kind of cringe when people use this that analogy, but it's really the only one I can think of right now. You need to put your foot on the throat. And that's exactly what Minnesota United did not do tonight. They were on their heels. They were very unwilling to attack, it felt like, in the early going, right? It, it just seemed like they were expecting somebody. Everybody was expecting somebody else to provide the spark. That's really what it seemed like. And that's what you see. 15 minutes in, you go down 1-0. Tap in goal from Cade Cowell, who has been fantastic this this uh, this year for uh, San Jose. He's one of those kids who's, you know, two or three years away from going to Bundesliga or maybe maybe American 
young American players will be going straight to the Premier League at that point. Who knows? But uh, he's that next kind of international uh, star um, that's going to that's gonna come from MLS, I think. Um, uh, but yeah, really good goal for him. Unfortunate, Minnesota United, big mistake to put them down 1-0. Uh, had a golden opportunity to equalize, did the loons in the 23rd minute. Uh, Fragapane forces the turnover in the box, finds the feet of Unu, but he just did, he didn't pull the trigger fast enough. Great, great play there by Tanner Beeson to make that last ditch challenge to force the corner kick. But if you're, if you're Unu, you, you have to one time that, or you have to know that with the amount of white shirts that were in the box or close to that play, that you're going to have to get that shot off. Otherwise you're going to get the ball taken away from you or, or somebody else is going to get their foot on the ball. And that's exactly what happened. Um, so really could have equalized there in the 23rd. Um, unfortunately, 29th minute, some really scary situation as this talk about cornerstones and talk about solid figures from Minnesota United. I mean, nobody's been more so that than Michael Boxall. And uh, after taking a break on the sideline following a collision, he does come out of the match. Uh, I'm going to get kind of hockey lingo on here. Let's some sort of lower body injury. He was favoring the left side of his lower body uh, while he was walking off the field. Uh, Brent Coleman comes on in his place. Makes sense as he's kind of the only really next defensive option you have with Raitala having to start with the absence of Metinair. Um, So uh, he comes on. Uh, Will Trapp gets the captain's armband. And I really, I do want to say, because I don't want to gloss over this, Will Trapp had another fantastic game tonight. He is really coming into his own in a Minnesota United uniform. A little bit of a rough start for him, although he did have a, you know, he's a really good distributor in the early going, but all around really didn't, wasn't able to kind of find his fit and find his footing right away with Minnesota United. But man, he has taken his role and he has done it extremely well. And he, I, I particularly think as a captain for most of the match tonight, he was he was very, very good in that role as well. So I just want to give him that shout out. But yeah, he put on the captain's R band after Boxall uh, came out of the match. I'm not, again, we're not in the post-game media availability, obviously, the post-game press conference doing the live stream here. So I'm not sure what has been said about Boxy's status. Um, I can't imagine that there would be too much clarity on the situation just about an hour or so after it happened. So um, obviously keep track of the Minnesota United social media, um, and anybody who covers or follows the team, uh, there will be updates uh, for sure. Uh, 43rd minute, another hard-stopping moment for the Loons, this time not from an injury, but almost a near second goal for San Jose as Cowell looked to be one-on-one with Miller uh, to get his second, but um, but fortunately he's blown offside. Um, 47th minute, great opportunity for Nico Hansen, shot saved well. Um, and then 49th minute, Right before the second half whistle blew, some this is the only word I can really think of to describe this some sexy dribbling from Emmanuel Reynoso. Like I, I'm watching the game in the basement by myself, no one else around me. And when he makes that move to get around the San Jose defender, I don't know who it was in the box there. I literally said out loud, Wow, that's sexy! <laughs> like great, great movement there and work on the ball from Ray. Uh, leads to a great goal scoring opportunity, gets deflected out for a corner. And then upon the corner kick, there's some chaos in front of goal and the ball's rolling towards the sideline. And somehow Coleman is able to beat his man, not only beat his man to the ball, but find the back of the net from not an easy angle at all. And somehow, some way, you go into half 1-1 after mostly playing a really terrible half. 
And you're feeling pretty good if you're a Minnesota United fan. You're feeling like, okay, this team's going to turn it around in the second half, and we're going to put our foot on the gas, and we're going to run away with this one. Um, Adrian Heath, obviously not happy with what he saw in the first. Um, bringing on DJ Taylor for Raitala, and then uh, Ramon Abila on for Hanson. Um, so two halftime subs that you do not see often from Adrian Heath. Um, so obviously he was looking for something different. Um, I was very interested to see DJ Taylor in his first appearance for the Loons. Um, he didn't play too much of an impact in the game. I thought, I thought he, you know, for his first, first time on, he played, he played well. Um, but, uh, moving into the second half here, 52nd minute, just a great nutmeg from Fragapane, allowing the a pass to find Abila makes an excellent move, put his shot right at the keeper. You got to pick a side if you're Abila there and you got to tuck that away. The, the quality of striker that he is, right? We've talked about this already. The reputation that he had coming in, the type of impact he can make. You got to be able to tuck that away, I think. Um, but it's it saved. The rebound goes right to Dotson, but he just sends the second chance opportunity wide. So really, really missed opportunity there to equalize or to, to get out on the front foot and get that lead early in the second half for your Minnesota United. Uh, 53rd minute, shortly after, Abila finds Gasper. Ton of space on the left side of the box for Gasper. He centers it to Fragapane. And this is one of those, like, uh, I just criticized Abila for what happened before, but this is one of those, like, that has to be a goal. 100% has to be a goal for Fragapane here. I know his left foot's not a strong foot, but you, you're you can't be more open and you can't have more of a point blank shot than he did. And you're talking about a really quality player in Franco Fragapani. He's shown that the type of impact he can make. And somehow it goes off the post and out of play. And things stay one, one at the, in that, uh, at that time, which man, you're left scratching your head after that. Uh, 64th minute Gasper gets taken down by Judson in the box. Somehow not called a penalty. Initially, this was a big turning point in the match obviously, because they waited forever, but they eventually did stop play to go back to the monitor and take a look. And it, it looked like a penalty, obviously, in uh, in real time, but looking at the replay, 10 million percent a penalty. Um, they were looking at a challenge that was made on Espinoza right before the challenge on Gasper, potentially maybe calling a foul. I believe it was Abila who made that particular challenge. Um, that didn't look clear at all, uh, but the one on Gasper was 100% clear. And I actually think here at 9.43 p.m. Central Time, Espinoza is still complaining to the referee about that play. He would not let that go. Oh, my goodness. I mean, we see it all the time. Call doesn't go somebody's way. You argue with the referee for a bit, but then you sort of somebody pushes you away or or you, you know, realize that nothing's going to come of it. So you eventually give up. But Espinoza, I don't know if I want to say to his credit or what, but he was right there in the referee's face having to physically be held back for like four or five minutes. It was pretty ridiculous. I was laughing pretty hard when that happened, actually. Um, but Eventually, Wando comes in and he sort of takes the brunt of it as a captain should do, sort of, uh, you know, yelling at the fourth official on the sideline. It was just kind of a mess. Just obviously, San Jose not happy with the call. Uh, but eventually, I think, in my opinion, they get it right, awarding the penalty. Um, Abilaz PK saved initially, 
But luckily, the rebound goes right back to him. He's able to tuck it away, and Minnesota takes a 2-1 lead in the 69th minute. You're thinking, nice, things are going well. You know, we'll we'll see this through at the very least, um, especially when you see Ozzy Alonso come on for Adrian Hunu in the 73rd. You're like, all right, we got we got we got the shape we need, we got the personnel we need to see this through and come away with an ugly three points. Not so fast. Kikanovic equalizes for San Jose in the 82nd. This to me, I already said this in the beginning. We talk about the bad start. And from what I saw in the post-game show, from what I saw from Heath, from what I've seen on Twitter. People have been talking about the bad starts, but I also want to talk about the bad finish because the last 10 minutes, including stoppage time or so, were about the same as the first half hour. Very lax. I think they thought they were going to coast their way to a 2-1 win, and they didn't, right? Too much space to operate. It's very, very, I think, lazy defensive effort not to not to crash down on the guy who has the ball, right? Um, and the shot goes right over the head of Tyler Miller. Um, you know, I don't want to blame Miller here, but the quality he's shown, we talked about it last time. He had save percentage wise is the best keeper in the league right now. Uh, I do think maybe you need to make that save if you're Miller, but he's in no way the, the prime, the prime individual or the prime portion of that play to blame. But uh, to me, it was just not, not a great defensive effort at the beginning and at the end of the match. And you saw what that led to. Goal in the 15th minute, goal in the 82nd minute. And that is where you walk away with only a point. We did see Jan Gregus in the 87th minute come on for trap. Um, 93rd. Holy cow. San Jose almost got all three points here in the 93rd. Foul just outside the box leads to a San Jose free kick. I was trying to get my notes together for the match at the time, so I did not see who took the free kick. Uh, but nicks it off the the corner of the cross, where the crossbar and the post meet. Nicks it off there, almost, almost puts it in off the free kick in the ninety third. And then, can you imagine if this ended up three two San Jose? Oh my gosh! I think you would be seeing the Heath out hashtag revived on Twitter because my goodness. Uh, but I want to say luckily because I, Minnesota should have far and away won this match. But when you're looking at what happened there in stoppage time, you are feeling at least a little bit fortunate too to walk away with a point where uh, that near goal happened there at the end. So that's where we end 2-2 draw um, tonight at home for Minnesota United. Um, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts on the match tonight, drop those in the chat. If you're watching on YouTube, please give us that thumbs up. That really does help uh, YouTube know that you like the content want to see more of it, and they'll show our content to more people. It's an algorithm thing. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Uh, but just kind of going over some high-level observations before we get to what is in the chat here. Um, despite the early lack of conversions from Adrian Unu, it's just really nice. <laughs> and this is like such like, I feel like it's such a low bar here. But it's just really nice to see an actual striker be Minnesota United's biggest goal-scoring threat. Like when you look at Adrian who knew he really has been the main threat to score, even though Franco Fragapane has kind of been the one who's gotten the goals and has gotten kind of the accolades in the first, first in his first few appearances, Adrian who knew for my money has been the most consistent goal scoring threat. When you look at early chances to kind of set the tone, I believe the last three matches it's been who knew who has gotten those early chances. He tucked the one away against Portland fastest goal in MLS history Inside of five minutes of 10 minutes, he has really gotten those first initial chances for uh, 
those high quality chances for Minnesota United, uh, which I think is obviously a good tone setter for the rest of the match. Obviously tonight didn't work out, but consistent threat from the striker position has been something that has really uh, thwarted or has really evaded Minnesota United during their first few years, right? They've really been consistently missing a, a really dangerous striker. You can argue Christian Ramirez was that, and I, I agree. But let's just say since then, it's been kind of revolving door. You thought you might have had that uh, early last season, but it comes out not necessarily being to be with Luis Amaria. Uh, but you have it here with Adrian Nunu. And that is going to, I think, really pay dividends for Minnesota United as you move further into the season. Because, again, that's what helps just round out this squad. How many times have we looked at Minnesota United over the last couple of years and like, man, if they just had a striker, if they just had a dangerous striker, where would this team be? Well, you have them now. And I think that's something really positive to look at if you're a Minnesota United fan and to take away from an otherwise disappointing match. Um, there also seems to be, obviously, Emmanuel Reynoso is is one of, if not the most important attacking, uh, important attacking player for the Loons. And other teams are obviously starting to pick up on that. Because this season, there seems to be a really consistent game plan, I guess, for whoever's playing Minnesota United to really bother Reynoso and, and, and rough him up and try to get the Loons number 10 off his game. Because he was getting shoved around quite a bit tonight, especially in the early going. Um, you could see him getting frustrated. We saw that in the Seattle match, too. He was getting really hot in that opener against Seattle. Um, and so, you know, he, he hasn't necessarily been a huge factor. It wasn't a huge factor tonight, I should say. It wasn't a huge factor in that initial match against Seattle where it was really noticeable. So maybe this is something when people are looking at the tape, like, we got to rough this guy up a little bit. We got to get him on the ground. We got to make sure that that we keep him focused on what's happening to him and not what can what can he do to impact the game. I would really look out for that for Minnesota United uh, moving forward, what those opposing uh, defenses, what those opposing game plans are for Ray, because it seems like it's to rough him up in the early going. All right, we're about a half hour in, guys. I'm through my game notes. I'm through all my kind of big picture observations here as we move forward, Colorado. On Wednesday, um, that is going to be a big one. You're on the road. Um, looking at the standings here, MLS Western Conference standings. Right now, you're still fifth. And you're still only a point back at Colorado. So that is going to be pretty big. Colorado plays uh, host to Seattle tomorrow night. So that'll be one to watch for if you're a Minnesota United fan. How can Colorado do against Seattle? Because Seattle's obviously um, at the top of the table in the West as of right now. So when you're looking at that, depending on what happens in that match, you can leapfrog Colorado in the standings if you come away with three points on Wednesday. It really is sort of a six-pointer in, uh, in that case. So really, uh, that'll be interesting. I mean, that, that's I mean very, very big kind of standings match here um, as we get to kind of the, the midway portion of the season. So that's coming up on Wednesday night. As I mentioned, there is a watch party going on over at 9th Street Soccer and Coffee. So if you want to go watch the match, Congregated is on the road. 
So if you want to go and uh, be around fellow Minnesota United supporters and kind of watch in that environment, even though they're on the road, definitely go to Ninth Street. Just RSVP, like I said, on their Facebook page. Just look up Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee on Facebook. They'll have updates all week long on the food trucks that'll be there and different things they have going on. Um, after that, speaking of Seattle, um, you get the weekend off and the next week off. And so they're not back at it after Wednesday until the 18th, uh, where they will play host to Seattle. Um, that's obviously going to be a big one in its own right. That is an afternoon game, too. So not only is it on a weekend, on a Sunday. It's on a Sunday, early Sunday. I'm very excited about that. While I, you know, the primetime games are kind of fun, you know, it will be nice to change a pace doing post loons at like 3.30 p.m. on a Sunday as opposed to, you know, 10 o'clock here on a Saturday. I think that'll be a little bit better. But um, so those are those next two matches at Colorado on Wednesday and then a week from next Sunday. So two weeks from tomorrow, they will be uh, at home against Seattle. Any other questions or comments on tonight's match? Go ahead and drop them in the chat. Like I said, um, really disappointing tonight overall, right? Two points lost for sure, um, but a big opportunity to bounce back against Colorado on Wednesday. And I think you want to watch that Colorado-Seattle match if you're a Minnesota United fan tomorrow. Not to necessarily get, you know, just to get a scattering report on Colorado and Seattle as they're your two next opponents for Minnesota United. But it's like I said, it's big for the standings as well. Um, if there are no more questions or comments, we can kind of uh, cut this one off early. Thank you so much for tuning in to Post Loons. I really appreciate it. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter at 10K Pitches. If you're watching on Twitter, please go hit that follow button. Uh, we have great content coming out all the time. A new uh, episode of 10,000 Pitches drops every Friday, which covers kind of everything lower league, college, and amateur soccer um, across the area. Uh, Minneapolis City, the rest of the NPSL North, like Duluth FC and Med City FC. Uh, we cover college soccer. We always talk to the guys over at Equal Time. I'll uh, we'll definitely have more coverage of the Gophers and St. Thomas as those uh, seasons get closer as well. Minnesota State as well. Um, so a lot of great content coming from 10,000 Pitches, the podcast itself. But also, if you are a Minnesota United fan who's also a big Ford Madison fan, lucky for you, we have a Ford Madison-specific podcast called Talk and Flock, where myself and Rob Chappell from Madison 365 discuss everything Ford Madison every Monday. So for, if you're a Ford Madison fan, you want to hit up Talk and Flock, just look it up in your podcast feed. If you're a Minneapolis City, NPSL North, Lower League College soccer fan in the area, you definitely want to hit up 10,000 pitches. Just look up 10,000 pitches in your podcast feed. Drops every Friday. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 10K Pitches. Another episode of Post Loons will be coming your way Wednesday night following the match at Colorado. Till then, thank you so much for watching. If you're listening on the podcast after the fact, thank you so much for doing that as well. Big thank you to our friends over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. Again, hit them up, NinthStreetMPLS.com. And we will catch you Wednesday. Till then, have a great rest of your long weekend.